Welcome back to the On The Brink podcast. Today I am taking it back to the first episode I ever did, which was by myself. And I wasn't sure I was going to do another episode by myself because I really, really do like having guests on. It's really helpful for the conversation and and it's honestly kind of boring to just have me talking for, you know, 45 minutes. But I will probably be doing a condensed, shorter podcast tonight, and I am really excited. I'm going to actually share a little bit about my journey into what I do now, which is have four different jobs. Honestly, I might consider having like five or six different jobs if you really added up everything that I do, which I will definitely be going into. Um, But today I'm really going to focus on how I came into this path and where I'm at now and how the pandemic has really affected everything that I'm doing and the way that I'm combating, you know, dealing with the aftermath of working in the arts during a pandemic and how I'm navigating all of that in this crazy, crazy time. Not that I'm any sort of an expert, but I think as someone who has now been dealing with this for, you know, four or five months, I think I've kind of figured out sort of a way to navigate it. And so I'm, I'm happy to share what that looks like and just chat a little bit about how I ended up working in the arts and doing arts administration or arts management or whatever term you want to use to call it because I still don't know. I still call it arts administration, event management, arts management. Um, There's a lot of different things that I do, so I don't really like to narrow it down into one term, but ultimately I work in the arts and I do a lot of different things. So also my goal in doing this podcast is to offer up some insight into like what I'm dealing with and how I'm dealing with it with the pandemic and then also maybe some advice for those of you who may be interested in a similar path or also going through this right now. I know there's a lot of artists out there who are dealing with very very similar things or worse honestly people are in much worse spots than I am so I am very grateful to be where I'm at and honestly I'm so grateful that I chose to have four different jobs and in a sense I didn't choose it. I was actually hoping to just have one full-time job. I really thought that that was going to happen and um, I should probably start at the beginning if I'm going to start going into this. For a long time I have known that I wanted to do management. I've known that I wanted to be in charge in some capacity or another. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I knew that I loved to sing, I loved to perform, and I loved to be in charge and I love to organize things. Those are all things that I'm good at and that I like to do. And so I, if you listen to my first episode, you'll know that I directed children's plays in my neighborhood for four years when I was 
seventh grade all the way through junior year of high school. So I did that and I realized like, hey, I'm good at being in charge. I'm good at organizing things and being a leader. And so ever since then, I really focused on on pursuing those paths in some form or another. So especially in college, I really, really grew as a person and especially as someone in a leadership role. So I was the president of my music fraternity for two years. I, you know, joined different ensembles. I was always trying to be on the board of this or that. And eventually after I graduated and I went on to get my master's at UMass, I did know going into my master's degree that I did not want to be a performer full time. I did know that, which is interesting because I think a lot of people who go on to get their master's in voice performance do hope to have some sort of career in opera or oratorio or something like that. But for me, I did go into UMass knowing that, sure, I love performing and this is not going to be a waste of time. I was also getting paid to get my master's degree because I did get an assistantship that covered full tuition and also paid me. So I was very, very fortunate. I was in the best possible position going into getting my master's where I knew that I was going to get an amazing education. I had an amazing teacher that helped me. Honestly, she's the reason that I went to UMass. And I also knew, I mean, I love performing, but it wasn't going to be my main source of income. And I knew that because I just don't have the drive or the talent. Honestly, I'm good, but I'm not, um, you know, trying to be a Met opera singer. I'm just not. And so knowing that about myself and also along the way discovering that more and more, it really led me on the path to trying to pursue arts administration. And so every year in between grad school, I sought out a new opportunity. So the first year I worked back in my alma mater, I worked for a former professor doing um, work on an NEH grant, and I was the administrative assistant. And then the following summer, which was last summer, I worked for an opera company in Colorado, which I have talked about before, And that's really, really when I figured out, hey, um, this is a cool path. I was the events assistant intern. But it was definitely more than just like a typical internship. Not that I know what a typical internship is, but it was um, like fully planning and organizing five huge parties and events. I mean, ranging from like 50 people to over 200 people. And I literally was in charge of it from start to finish. I mean, I budgeted, I, you know, picked the food, I picked the caterer, I even had to pick the specific menu and buy the party stuff and and decorate and, and clean. (laughs) Like from start to finish, those parties were mine. And so when I was doing that, it was, it was pretty cool because I was discovering that I was good at something else even, which was events. And managing events was not even something that had crossed on my radar. Honestly, I didn't even know that um, events in the arts were such a thing. And now I'm finding out that there's all these event coordinator positions like across the arts. And of course, I knew about it like in the back of my head, like I knew they existed, but I never really thought of it as an avenue that I would take. 
And so that was pretty cool last summer discovering that. Essentially, when I was in Colorado, I needed to find a job because I had re-signed. Well, actually, I signed a new lease. I didn't re-sign a lease. I signed a new lease to move to a house not far from where I was living for my two years of grad school. And part of my decision to stay in Western Massachusetts instead of going back to Illinois was because I wanted easy access to the teacher that I still had at UMass. I wanted to continue living with my amazing roommate, Ava, who you have heard from before if you are a podcast listener. And I just generally liked the area and I wasn't ready to go back to Illinois because I was worried that I would have to move back in with my mom and I knew that that pretty much was not an option. She doesn't really have extra room in her house. My sister had just graduated college and had just moved home. I knew that that wasn't really going to be an option for me. So I had made the decision a while back. I mean, I needed to kind of sign that lease back in, I don't know, maybe like March or April of last year. So I knew that I was going to be staying out in the area. And so I needed to find all these jobs. Well, I just wanted to find one job, honestly. And what happened is I had a church job lined up from when I was still in Massachusetts back in um, April or early May. I had like kind of come across this like in a crazy way come across this person who recommended this job opening at this church and it was like half an hour from UMass so I was like sure why not I will get in contact with this person the music director and it ended up turning into a job and they hired me and they knew like I was going to be gone for the whole summer and they still hired me to start in the fall which was awesome so I have one thing lined up but that was it And I was in Colorado literally working six days a week, like eight to 10 hours a day, sometimes more every single day. And I was also applying for jobs while I was doing that. And it was very stressful, but I had my eye on one particular job in the Department of Music at UMass without going into too many specifics. I did get an interview and I thought it went really well. And I was really excited because I thought I had a shot at this job. And I did not get the job and it was pretty devastating because I thought, you know, this is the perfect time. This is meant to be. It's going to happen. And it did not. And so that was hard. I kept applying for jobs. I mean, I was applying for like, I don't know, maybe like three to five jobs per day. Anything that came up, anything in administration. Um, There's five colleges in this area. So I was applying for all sorts of jobs at the colleges, like any sort of administrative assistant position, not even necessarily in the arts. I was just willing to take anything at that point. And I got a couple interviews, but really not too much. I mean, I didn't even hear back from, I would say like 80% of what I had applied for. So that was really frustrating and, and difficult to be, you know, working in Colorado and trying to navigate finding a job in Massachusetts across the country. So I knew that my time in Colorado was coming to an end, and I still only had my one job lined up, which was really stressful. And I just trusted that it was going to all work out in the end. And because I was continuing to apply for jobs, so I figured like something will pop up. Something will happen. It just hasn't popped up yet. Maybe in the fall, things will come up. And so sure enough, 
I moved back to Massachusetts. I drove across the country. Um, my dad helped me move into my new house and I felt a lot better like moving into a new place. I was finally like done with school. So in that sense, I was, I was in a good spot, but I didn't really have any income. So I was freaking out. Um, to be honest, it was a rough, a rough time in my life because I was kind of all alone. I had my roommate here with me, but like she had her job lined up and I just felt kind of a complete failure that I couldn't have found my job by the time I came back. So I was freaking out and ultimately everything happened in sort of a serendipitous way. I would say that it happened in a serendipitous way, but because of hard work, patience, and perseverance, it worked out. So I guess it's not just like complete luck, but a little combination of a lot of different things. And so ultimately what happened is I got a teaching job at a private school, like a, a voice teaching job, through a friend and through her mom and a recommendation. And I really did not want to teach privately. I was kind of set against it. I was thinking I'm going to sing and I am going to do admin. I am not going to teach. I had some bad teaching experiences in my undergrad from trying to teach some younger students. Did not go well for a lot of different reasons. Not worth going into. But I thought I would never teach again. And here this opportunity arose and the pay was pretty good and so I couldn't really turn it down. So I, of course, accepted a little hesitantly, but I needed a job, so I accepted. Then I, so at this point I have the church job and I have the teaching job, but I was like, I still need something else because these are all very part-time sort of things. And so I kept applying, I kept looking, this job popped up to work for this one particular company and I was super, super excited. And I got an interview for this company. I had the interview, it went so well. This person introduced me to everyone in the office. I was given a full tour. I honestly hit it off really well with this woman and she asked me when I could start. So I figured I had the job. I really, really did. I was so confident that I got in the car and I called my mom and I said, mom, I think this is it. I think after months and months of applying, I think this is it. And it was gonna be full time and salaried with benefits. It was gonna be great. And I was so confident. So after that, I waited literally a week. I did not hear back. I was confused because this woman had asked if I could start on Monday and I said, yeah, and then she never contacted me. So eventually I got a, an email and it was like one of those, one of those emails that could have been sent to anyone. It was so impersonal. It was not from a specific person. It was just from the company basically saying, you know, thanks for your time. You did not get the job. And I was literally devastated. I immediately just like broke down. I was so upset. And I thought, you know, if I can't get this job after being so confident about it, like what can I be confident about? Because obviously I'm doing something wrong. So I, after a couple days, I called the company because I, I wanted to know what I could have done differently. And she basically said, well, we hired someone else who had a little bit more experience, but we really liked you. And if we had two positions, we would have hired you. And that was pretty tough to hear because how do you get experience without 
you know, getting experience. Like how, if you, if no one gives you a chance, how are you supposed to get experience? So I feel you, if you're listening to this and you've been in the same boat, if someone has told you that you didn't get a job because you didn't have enough experience, but you were literally a student, I feel for you because I've been there. And um, so after that happened, I continued to apply for jobs. I was pretty upset. I took maybe like a day or two off from applying and just like let myself be a little sad. But I also knew that it probably wasn't anything that I did or said. It was probably just that they found someone with more experience or they found someone that they had a better connection with or whatever it might be, but it wasn't me. And so I had to like realize that and not take it personally. So that was a lesson that I learned. And then, um, meanwhile, I did get hired at UMass as an event manager in the concert hall and for other spaces that they have. And that was pretty cool because I had ushered there for my two years of grad school and I kind of met a bunch of people through that time ushering. And because most of the ushers are undergrads, I had a leg up because I was a grad student who was ushering. And so I got to know like more of the people in charge and really make connections with them. And that was really helpful because then when I told this person that I made the connection with that, hey, I'm going to be back in the area. I'm actually going to be living in the valley for another year at least. He was pretty, pretty quick to jump on and hire me, which was awesome. And so I was hired as like a temp kind of person. Um, so that was my third, was that my third job? Yes. Then I still needed something else. And so I found this job online and it was a an administrative assistant position that was what it was listed as at a music venue. And that was pretty cool. So I applied. I immediately got an interview. The interview went well. I thought, cool, maybe this is it. But I didn't get too, too excited because I didn't want to be too cocky or confident. Um, granted, I think I was confident in my interview. I just didn't want to be confident about having the job. And that was another lesson I learned, like, be confident in the interview, be confident in yourself, but don't like let it get to your head because ultimately job interviews are just ridiculous and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you. Like oftentimes there's someone else who's applying for the job that personally knows the hiring manager and they'll get the job just because they know them, you know, and I've also been there. I've been on the other end of that. So if you've listened to the hotel story, like I worked at a hotel because my dad worked there. And is that the most fair thing ever? Probably not. But, you know, that happens. That's life. And that's also another lesson that I learned. So moving on, um, I did end up getting the job at the venue. And then I found out that it was not actually primarily in an admin position, but it was really an event management position. And that was more what I was looking for anyway. So it really, really worked out for the best because of that. And I got to run concerts. I got to, you know, set up green rooms for bands and send out artist contracts. And I was also doing admin stuff, but I was mostly just running these concerts and getting to literally hang out with bands. And it was so much fun and it was Honestly, that was my favorite thing to do, and that's obviously not happening currently because of the pandemic, but during the pandemic, I was, 
I guess you could say maybe promoted to the event coordinator position. And I kind of took over back in April, which was very bad timing due to the pandemic. But I'm currently still working for them. And that's kind of where I'm transitioning to now here is um, talking about how things have changed for me with the pandemic. And so, um, you know, it's been really hard. It's not been easy and things are constantly changing even week by week even currently I don't necessarily know what the next week is going to bring but if I can share any words of wisdom at all if I am qualified to do that I would say you do have to just kind of go with the flow especially when you work in the arts and you have to be open to taking new things because currently I am mostly teaching voice lessons which as I said earlier, I didn't really want to do at first, but now it's, you know, one of my main sources of income and it's honestly a lot of fun and I have a lot of great, amazing students. Due to the pandemic, I have actually more students than I've ever had and that's partially because I did reach out on Facebook. I put myself out there. I said, hey, if anyone wants lessons, honestly, I have people reaching out like all the time, kind of randomly. And I think it's because, you know, there's not a lot of things to do in person right now that are safe and getting voice lessons, even though it's virtual, like we're able to do it because I have a nice mic. We all have technology. As long as the sound quality and video quality is decent, I can pretty much do what I would normally do in a voice lesson. There are some things that are not the same, but we make it work and we do our best. And I will say that having these lessons has been has been really really amazing for these past few months and so I have like the biggest studio that I've ever had and it's probably going to continue growing into the fall just because I'm going to get my private school students back and then whoever else wants to join so um, if you're listening to this and you've been thinking about taking voice lessons please please reach out because I am still taking new students and It's just a good way to, like, de-stress. It's honestly just fun. I'm a pretty relaxed teacher. Um, Another thing that has changed is my church job has evolved from just doing a few masses a weekend to pretty much doing all the weekend masses. And then I became, like, their funeral and wedding cantor as well, which it does sound very sad that I'm singing funerals all the time, but... I am of the mindset that if I can provide some beautiful music for someone's funeral, if it just makes an impact on one person, that's all that matters. And I know that they're going to get some sort of comfort, even if they don't feel it like right away. I think having a beautiful service goes a long way. And so I really enjoy singing the funerals, Um, as sad as that might sound and as weird as that is, but I've really been okay with transitioning into, into singing a lot more funerals. And on that end, I reached out to another church because with the pandemic, you have to make it work, you know, working in the arts. And I just reached out to another music director at another church. I sang for him and he liked my voice, so he is now hiring me. And again, like you just don't know. And I will say your connections make a huge difference. And if you're questioning whether you should just send that email to someone that you connected with or not, I would say just do it. Honestly, no harm can come from just putting yourself out there and connecting with a new person. 
and you just literally never know what could come of it. So connections are really important. And so, yeah, I ended up getting another church gig essentially through that. And what else? So the venue that I work for is no longer open, but they are keeping me on to work on 2021 shows and various things without going into too many details, but I've really helped them try to fundraise and I've also tried to um, explore virtual possibilities and I'm actually singing in a virtual concert in a few weeks, kind of through that, through the nonprofit that I'm also on the board of. And so I'm just finding ways to stay active singing too, because I do love singing and I do sing at a church, which is not quite the same singing that I would normally do with my classical training, but any sort of singing that I can get, I take. And I'm really glad that I have that, that option because some artists right now are literally not able to perform at all. It's been hard. Um, things are evolving. Like I said, literally every week things change. Um, I have various hours that I work every week. It's not like a set income. I don't have a salary job. I don't have benefits. I don't have really anything. And so I have to kind of budget for myself. And so this is my other advice to anyone in the arts. I would say budget and be mindful of your money because if you're like me and you have student loans and you have a car payment and other things and rent and bills and all sorts of things and you gotta live, you gotta eat. And so if you have all those things, which most of us do, you need to be mindful of that. And especially with the pandemic, like you could be out of a job, you could have your hours reduced and you just don't know, like we don't know what the state of the country is gonna be in even half a year. Because if you think back to six months ago, my life was very different. And so, I am very fortunate that I had a budgeting system for myself from, you know, when I started all my jobs back in September, I created this spreadsheet for myself to keep track of how much money I make per week with all my different jobs. Because like I said, the hours vary and my rates vary. And so I have to really keep track of it somehow. And so I would say that has been a lifesaver, having a budget and having a spreadsheet and somewhere to to access it really fast. If I want to know how much I made in a week, any given week, I can literally just find it. And so that's been really useful. And I think just like seeking out new opportunities and being open to different things has been really helpful for me too. And I also want to say that staying safe in the pandemic with all my jobs has been my probably number one priority. So I do work at a church, which is, you know, sounds pretty risky, but I sing it up in a loft. And I wear a mask anytime that I'm not singing. And so I I think I'm able to stay relatively safe. Obviously, anything, anytime you leave your house and you go somewhere and you're interacting with people, you're taking a risk. But I think that how I'm working around it is, is as safe as it could be. Our health is like number one. And I think that you have to prioritize that too, because it's also a stressful time. It's a real, like, we're living in a pandemic. It's, it's stressful. I mean, my roommate and I talk all the time about how it's just, we're constantly anxious. We have a hard time eating, sleeping, like, like it's a constant state of anxiety. And so 
you have to take care of yourself. You have to find a way to de-stress. And um, when you go out in public, like actually feel like you're, you're taking precautions and being safe. And so, you know, having four jobs in a pandemic is good and bad because if I have to go out somewhere, like that's ultimately another risk that I have to take. But because most of my things have been remote and like my voice lessons are remote, so that makes me feel good because I'm not like exposing myself or being exposed to like the droplets in the air from someone singing, um, that's great. And so, you know, you take on the risks that you have to, but you also minimize them however you can. And that's what I've been doing. So ultimately, that is my advice would be like stay safe but also be open to finding creative ways to work around if you're working in the arts in the pandemic and this is just my you know particular story and it's quite unique and I know that most people probably won't be working for jobs and hopefully won't need to it's not the most ideal situation and I was supposed to actually be full-time at the venue and due to this pandemic it just is not happening that way because obviously we cannot safely hold concerts we're not even according to the state of Massachusetts allowed to until the last phase which is when there's a vaccine so we're kind of in a tough spot and I don't know if that job is ever going to evolve into something full-time and so that's why for me keeping my options open is is really important and but also being there for my employers and just being on top of my game and giving them everything I've got to give because I do want them to all reopen and and be fully functioning at some point in time, especially when there's a vaccine, fingers crossed, one day. But yeah, I, um, I think that I wanted to do an episode about all my jobs and I wanted to talk about the struggles that I faced before the pandemic And now it seems all a little silly because some of the issues included um, not having weekends free, (laughs) having a like crazy, crazy schedule, um, not having a lot of free time, things like that. And now that all seems pretty trivial because I would gladly give up my entire week and weekend to be working shows again and to hear live music every other day and to you know, be surrounded by students and faculty at UMass and my students at the private school. And, and just to like have my life back, I would, I would gladly, you know, rather have that. So I don't really want to go into like complaining about um, what my issues were pre-pandemic with four jobs, but like it wasn't easy before and it's not easy now either way. And I think, I'm making it work the best that I can and I'm I'm doing pretty well for myself all things considered. And so some of the other things that I've I've been able to do is I have actually been <laughs> driving for DoorDash on the side and if I need like an extra you know little bit of money I just I drive and my goal is always like if I'm going to eat out I'll do enough DoorDash deliveries that will cover my my takeout. And so that's been a good way to kind of um, be able to, like, go get some takeout and not feel bad about it and not feel like, oh, I can't afford that. But it's like, no, I'll just DoorDash a little bit and make up the money and make up the difference. And I've also been open to, like, babysitting. 
And, of course, like, have to worry about safety with that, obviously going into someone's home. But you just don't know. Like, I'm on care.com. I just, like, kind of keep all my options open in case something else pops up and becomes another option for income. Actually, a funny story, too, is I was buying my car. I bought a new car last week. My dad, a.k.a. Little Richard, came out and helped me because my lease was up on my little Honda HRV. And so I was trying to actually buy that and that didn't work out. And so we ended up doing another lease. I shouldn't say we, I (laughs) got another lease and that was a little bit stressful. So last week was, was a little bit rough, but, um, little Richard helped me through it. And if you're listening to this little Richard, thank you for that again. Um, that was very helpful. We, had to talk to the sales, the car salesman about uh, when I was filling out the paperwork. He was like, oh, so what do you do? Because I have to write down all my jobs and stuff. And I told him, oh, I sing, I teach voice lessons, I do this and that. And, you know, that was that. We had a conversation about it. Cool. Well, a few days later, I got a call from the car salesman. He goes, hey, I think I know of someone who's interested in taking some voice lessons. And he literally gave me the name of another car salesman who was interested in taking some voice lessons and I literally have started teaching this guy. He is a new student of mine. So you just literally never know when someone's going to pop up. Um, I've had people text me out of the blue like, hey, is your offer still standing for voice lessons? It's like, yeah, I'm still teaching. So you just literally never know. And ultimately my goal is to maybe not need four jobs, but to find a balance of performing and doing the admin side. My goal would be work for like an opera company or something doing admin work and then join some sort of professional chorus, Um, maybe sing, keep singing with the church because I do enjoy doing that. But also I love oratorio, which is um, like unstaged opera essentially if you're not familiar with it. And I would love to be like the soprano soloist for some oratorio works. So who knows what the future will bring. I don't know. All I know is that I have re-signed my lease. So I'm going to be here for another year. I'm excited about that. I am nervous. I am really nervous about um, what the fall is going to bring and what the pandemic is going to look like for the foreseeable future. I'm, I'm nervous. And... Just because I might seem to have it semi-put together, you know, talking about it, it doesn't mean it's been easy. I'm very open about how hard it's been, and I just want to share my story so that maybe other people who are in similar positions can relate. And if you're not in a similar position, then maybe you can understand where I'm at. And um, feel for those who are in this position, working in the arts, and really struggling. Because I know of other people who sing musical theater or sing opera, and literally, you know, were making it work as performers, and then went from, like, finally maybe getting success after a long struggle, to then the pandemic just shutting everything down. And I feel for those people even more, because to go from... (laughs) having something to just having nothing is a lot worse than where I'm at. Thank you for tuning in. I plan on 
bringing guests back from now on. And I have some fun episodes planned for the future. I have my speech language pathologist friend joining me soon. I have another pandemic, well, not another, I have a pandemic dating episode coming up. And that one shall be quite interesting. For the next few episodes, I promise you it'll be a little more interesting than this one. But thank you if you've gotten this far and I will see you all next week. (laughs) 